Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm Dr. David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine, chiropractor, and functional nutrition practitioner, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself, and on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. I'm excited about today's podcast, but before we jump in, I wanted to remind you to download this month's special gift at drjockersgift.com. From keto meal plans, smoothie recipes, to fasting quick start guides, we have a new complimentary gift every single month. To get your gift, simply visit drjockersgift.com. That's D-R-J-O-C-K-E-R-S-G-I-F-T.com. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. This podcast has been brought to you by Paleo Valley. They are one of my favorite companies because their products are super pure, full of incredible ingredients. And I wanna tell you about their meat sticks. They have 100% grass-fed beef, pasture-raised turkey meat sticks that my family and I love. My kids love these because they have tons of flavor, they're completely free of carbs and sugar, and they have probiotics in them as well. So they're great for your gut, great for supporting your appetite, your satiety levels. They help you uh, feel satiated, and they help you burn fat for fuel. They're gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, GMO-free, and preservative-free. So they are the top of the line. They've got some great flavors that you will absolutely love. And now you can use my coupon code, Jockers, just my last name, J-O-C-K-E-R-S, to get 15% off your order today. Simply go to their website, paleovalley.com, and enter Jockers at checkout, and you'll receive 15% off your entire purchase. The link and discount code are also available in the show notes of today's episode. Once you try these meat sticks, you won't be able to get enough. I mean, my kids love these, my family loves these, and I know you will as well. So try them out, Paleo Valley, and I know you're going to love them. Well, hey there. Welcome back to the Functional Nutrition Podcast. Today, I'm interviewing Jody Cohen. She's a friend of mine. She's a best-selling author, award-winning journalist, and founder of Vibrant Blue Oils, where she's combined her training in nutritional therapy and aromatherapy to create unique proprietary blends of organic and wildcrafted essential oils. And she helps her clients heal from brain-related challenges, including anxiety, insomnia, and autoimmunity. She's got a great new book out called Essential Oils to Boost the Brain and Heal the Body. Really, really great book, guys, that I highly recommend. And I'm going to interview her here all about this book. So you guys are going to learn so much. You're going to get so much value out of this podcast. We're going to talk about best essential oils and strategies, simple things you could be doing, different spots on your body that you can be um, touching and in a sense kind of manipulating in order to help calm your emotions and in order to help improve your focus and also to improve brain detoxification and reduce inflammation in the brain. So this is super key. Uh, we're going to talk about the sympathetic nervous system, parasympathetic nervous system. I think you guys are going to get a lot out of it. And if you enjoy these podcasts, please take a moment and leave us a five-star review. Your reviews help us reach more people and influence more lives. And if you haven't subscribed yet, 
please do. That way you get notified whenever we put up a new podcast so you never miss one of these important information sessions. So thanks so much for doing that. And let's go into the podcast. Well, hey, Jody, welcome to the podcast. Oh, hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, you know, I was looking through your new book, The Essential Oils to Boost the Brain and Heal the Body. Really powerful book, guys. I highly recommend it. And we'll have a link in the show notes. We're going to talk about it today. And so let's start with essential oils. Like what's what's your story? How did you get involved with essential oils? And what are they and how they can how can they help people? Yeah, essential oils are the concentrated essences of plants. So think of farm to table. They pick them literally right when they're fresh in bloom, and then they steam distill them, which means they put them in um, basically a, a big boiling pot, and the steam rises and the oil separates from the water, and that is essential oils. So they're they're really concentrated plants, you know, and plants have been used throughout history uh, as our medicine. White willow bark is now aspirin. Yeah. Valerian root is now Valium. You know, all of us who consume plants and get the secondary metabolites, the flavonoids, know that they help with our digestion and our gut microbiome and our detoxification. So it's just another way if your digestion is challenged, and we can talk about this a lot, but, um, you know, anything you put on your skin gets into your bloodstream, you know, varying um, amounts of time, but as quickly as 20 minutes. And so oils can actually get through the skin. And if you apply them on strategic reflux points, they can have a systemic effect. Hmm. Yeah. I've heard essential oils being described as the blood of the plant. Yep. So, you know, we know we've obviously got blood that's carrying nutrients and oxygen to different cells of the body. And so, you know, plants in a sense, you know, they're avascular, but actually they have specific oils that, uh, that are carrying out important functions within them. And, and basically what we're doing is concentrating those oils. And uh, you know, that's where the magic is in the plant. When also, you know, we're pretty biofamiliar. Like, you know, we're all on this planet together and we complement each other. And it's just another way to, um, you know, use oils to kind of support your own balance and health. Yeah, for sure. And there's many different ways to use essential oils. Um, and so in your book, you talk a lot about the olfactory nerve, right? And how yeah. that can impact the brain. So, you know, most people are familiar with at least the concept of aromatherapy. And I'd like to go into that. Of course, you just mentioned putting them on your body as well. And, uh, you know, in some cases, some people will actually add them into foods as well. And so yeah. there are different ways of, of taking them in. But let's start by talking about aromatherapy and how that can impact us. Yeah, what most people don't realize is that your sense of smell keeps you safe. You know, it allows you to smell food and water. It allowed you to smell predators or fire. And mm. so it actually has a more direct access into a part of the brain called the amygdala, which is really kind of the, the Pentagon of the brain, like the top security clearance center. All of your other senses are routed through the thalamus first. So mm. smell... Um, you know, when you inhale things, not only are the nasal passageways, the epithelium, the skin there is thinner, which means that the molecules can get into the capillaries and the blood faster, but it travels through the cribriform plate directly into the brain. And because the molecules are really small and fat soluble, they can pass through the blood brain barrier, which is really, you know, the brain uh, protective system. Yeah, powerful. So basically it gets right into the system where our body now is, 
you know, making interpretations about the environment and adaptations to the environment based on that sensation. And uh, so it's a powerful influence on our influencer on our brain. And, um, you know, this is important because in our society, you know, really just in general, you know, we're, we're typically going to either be in fight or flight. Most people have heard of that, that term, or we're going to be parasympathetic in a parasympathetic state, which is, you know, characterized by rest, digestion and reproduction. And for many people, they are hardwired in this fight or flight response. And that's good in a short term, you know, survival state. Like if we're exercising, you know, we, we get in that fight or flight, we're, we're sweating, our heart's beating fast, we're, you know, our lungs, we're, we're breathing quickly. However, we don't want to be doing that when we're, you know, sitting at our desk working or when we're, you know, having a, a casual conversation with somebody. We want to be in that parasympathetic dominance. And essential oils are a tool that we can help uh, with, with that. So let's go over like how you, you describe that in the book and some of the best essential oils that we can be using to as aromatherapy to help put us back in balance with our nervous system. Yeah, that's actually um, the biggest aha that I had both in my personal life and, you know, in clinical practice. Um, so your autonomic nervous system is the operating system for your body. It controls all of your automatic functions, your breathing, your heart rate, your digestion, your detoxification, uh, ability to anti-inflame, immune support. As you mentioned, it really has two speeds. You know, think of it on gear shifting a bike, right? The I'm in danger sympathetic branch that kind of mobilizes all of the energy to fight or flight. Mm -hmm. um, you know, blood is routed away from the organs of digestion and detoxification to the arms and legs. And as you mentioned, it's designed to be um, short term. You know, something dangerous happens, uh, we respond, the danger passes, we go back into the safety parasympathetic response. Sadly, uh, anticipatory stress, thought-driven stress can keep us locked into that sympathetic response. So when we're worrying about our finances, our relationships, our health, anything, the same chemicals are being released in the body and it's hard to shift gears. And this was actually my biggest aha because I was that type A overachieving full-time job, mom, Uber volunteer, you know, and I liked everything I did. And people were like, oh, you're stressed. You need to just stress less. And I'm like, well, okay, I'm supposed to go to the spa all day. And like yeah. the kids still need to be fed. And I could never really reconcile how do I, um, you know, change my external world to calm my stress. And what I finally realized is you don't need to. You can change your own internal response. You can mm. shift your body into that parasympathetic state. You know, and the tools that we know, you have a great article on the vagus nerve. The vagus yeah. nerve is really the on-off switch between sympathetic fight or flight, parasympathetic rest and digest. Um, quick anatomy lesson starts at the base of the brain because it connects the brain to the body, body to the brain, splits, wraps around both sides of the head, kind of right behind the earlobe on the mastoid bone, where it's actually the most accessible to the surface. Mm. It then innervates the throat, the larynx, the heart, the lungs, all the organs of detoxification. And you can think of it as kind of your internal freeway between your body and your brain. And at any point in the body that it innervates, like the lungs, you can stimulate it by deep breathing to shift into the parasympathetic state. 
so I started my essential oil company in 2012 because uh, basically, you know, my I joke that my life is a roller coaster. I hit rock bottom. I figure out how to climb back up. I have another rock bottom. So during one of those rock bottom moments, uh, my adrenals kind of stopped producing cortisol. So I could barely function. And I was ingesting all the right nutrients and it didn't seem to be helping. So an observant friend said, you know, when you're high cortisol for so long, that means you're high inflammation. And when your gut is really inflamed, it's hard to, you know, assimilate and absorb nutrients that way. Try oils. They're topical. They get through your skin. And I was like, well, that makes sense. You know, and it can't hurt. Why not? So I, um, my aha moment was I was testing them and just through my testing, I got too many oils. I got five. And then I thought, wait, I, I guess I can combine them. So I just made something up on the spot and it helped. And then after I kind of regained my, um, <laughs> my energy, both physical and mental, I started to reverse engineer, why did that work? And it made a lot of sense that blends, you know, can kind of support your energy, your drainage, all of these things. But one of the biggest ahas, this was in uh, 2012, and there was research that came out right then about a um, New York neuroscientist named Kevin Tracy, who was experimenting with surgical implants, pacemaker-like devices, kind of right behind the earlobe on the mastoid bone to stimulate the vagus nerve. And mm. for some reason, I was thinking, oh, parasympathetic calm. I was playing with all these like calming oils, you know, like lavender, chamomile. And when I read stimulate, I was like, wait a minute maybe I can use stimulatory oils. So I started testing all of them. Clove tested the best. And this is interesting. We talked about how some constituents get right through the skin, some take longer. So clove gets into the skin in about 20 minutes. Lime has the smallest molecules. That gets in hmm. faster. So I started realizing you can use a stimulatory oil that kind of gets in really quickly, almost like an acupuncture needle, hmm. to stimulate that reflex point and then that turns on the parasympathetic nervous system and that was a, a big aha for me because if you read the research on topical application they kind of diminish it they say like oh yeah it's it's like you know a, a sports cream an anti-inflammatory cream your elbow hurts you put it on your elbow it helps your elbow but it's not helping the entire body right and right. that's true except when you put it on reflex points and then it has systemic effect. It's one of those like small pivots with a big impact. And so that's what I was really excited to share um, in this book because I don't see a lot of people talking about that. Yeah, I mean, that's really interesting. I didn't even know, uh, you know, about that, like how Lyme has the smallest molecules, right? So it penetrates faster. So that's really, really fascinating. And so, yeah, so we talked about obviously being able to put it on the skin, uh, and also obviously smelling it. Now it's controversial. Some people will say that, uh, you know, essential oils, many of them are very good to, you know, be able to add into foods or even into water. And other people will say, you know, you're not supposed to do that. So what are your thoughts on that? I kind of think it's a personal preference thing. In yeah. my experience, you know, I was that mo that busy mom with two kids. So I was mm -hmm. always about efficiency. In my opinion, the most efficient way to get oils into your system is literally direct inhalation 
right. open the bottle and smell it. Yeah. The second most efficient way is to put it on the, um, you know, reflex point. And then ingestion, I'm the jury's out to me. You know, people do it and they love it. I'm not going to take that away from them. It's like, you know, when people come to see me, we know coffee is metza. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm never going to take away their cup of coffee, you know? Um, yeah. So I don't think, I think in moderation, it's not yeah. going to hurt you, mm-hmm. you know? And there's a lot of research, certain oils like oregano and thyme can actually be really beneficial for biofilms, but you know, they can also, they're so powerful that they can kill the good stuff. So with something like that, I say work with a practitioner that knows what they're doing. Um, But I'm not going to yuck anyone's yum. Mm. You know, if if they love it, keep doing it. Uh, And if it's not working as well as you would like it to try just smelling, topically applying, I've got a lot of really specific strategies that I know work. Yeah. And in your book, you've got like, you've got this really cool chart that shows a reflexology patterns on the foot. Yeah. And, you know, you also have one. So there's areas in our foot, for example, folks that aren't familiar with this, that correlate with specific organs of the body. So you can actually massage in those areas and affect those organs. And then also in the ear, you've got a cool chart about the ear as well. Yeah. And that was really, you know, especially, you know, the, the chemical sensitivity folks that smells set them off, or maybe they like smell, but their spouse doesn't. That was a a really big um, aha moment because, oh, you can put it on the bottom of your foot. You can put a sock on your foot. Your partner doesn't need to smell it. And it has the same impact. Yeah. So that's really cool. And then you can also obviously massage into specific areas. So if you're having kidney issues, right? You can really, really focus in on that area. And then you can use like specific blends that are, that are good for the kidneys, right? Or the exactly, liver. Exactly. Exactly. When it's, you know, it's nice because people think, you know, I mean, I mean, you know, this, if someone says, Oh, I want to lose weight. I'm thinking either I'm going to diet or exercise. And I'm like, why don't you do both? Like the more positive changes that you make right. and you can layer on. So yeah, you can just use anything you have on the, in the house, like on your specific reflex point, or you can use a blend that's kind of been customized to help that organ on that organ point. You know, it, it's just additive and cumulative options. And what's nice, especially for kids, like um, I, I used to joke, you know, I've had all those books on sneaking vegetables into their food. I probably tried 25 different ways to make kale. I finally found mm. one that they liked, but you know, <laughs> they wouldn't, they wouldn't eat my kale, but they never complained when I'd rub oils on their feet. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cause it feels good. Right. So yeah. it's a great, great, great approach. And then also on the ear, I was interested to see that I was familiar with the reflexology patterns on the foot and in the hand but I wasn't as familiar with the, what you had, that chart you had with the ear, right. And how there's like a correlation between all these different emotions and different spots on the ear that you can target. Yeah. It's really interesting. If you actually look at the origin of reflex points, the idea is that the body has a blueprint. You know how, when we do puzzles, we all do kind of the outside first, because then it it guides us that, um, you know, our blueprint, our outside points, you know, the, um, in the ear is everything that emulates the body, that there there are certain points that are kind of uh, developing before the organs as a blueprint. And even after the body is complete, those points have access to supporting the body. So yeah, the, the ear is great for any emotions. Like even, you don't even need oils. Like they do this in my yoga class, mm. you know, just kind of a quick mm. ear massage up and down. And um, on those days that have felt harder, that always helps. Mm. Yeah, that's that's so interesting. Yeah, and there's not like 
specific research studies on that, but it's a, a practice that's been around for thousands of years. People have been doing this for thousands of years. And, you know, this used to be the way this used to be like a form of ancient medicine, you know, like people used to do body work on each other and, um, you know, and they would see hundreds and hundreds of different people. And they were, you know, basically charting how people would uh, progress and how, you know, their, their, their improvements in their health cases, correlating them to, you know, specific body parts that they were, um, you know, targeting. And so, you know, in a sense, this is ancient medicine right here. This is, uh, you know, this is a, a form of ancient healthcare that, uh, you know, has thousands of different case studies, right? So it's, it's something good, something good that we can practice. And the cool thing is it doesn't cost anything, right? So it's simple. Yeah. And, and that's something you can do at any time. If you feel stress in your car, you can, you know, it, it might be hard to take your shoe off, right? Or something <laughs> like that. But you can massage your hand, you know, you can grab hold of one of your ears, right? And start to target some different points. And yeah. uh, so I think it's really great, real practical. Thank you. Yeah. It's like tapping, you know, one of my kids yes. is anxious and you know, so I taught them like how to tap below the table, <laughs> you know, and yeah. I, I've taught them that kind of, you know, no one will notice if they're rubbing their ear. Yeah. I think that's so important in our society. You know, it's it honestly should be taught in, in elementary school, right? Strategies people can take to help calm themselves down, calm anxiety, irritability. I mean, we would have a lot less you know, challenges in our society if we had these natural coping mechanisms, right? And, um, you know, and just like you said, stacking them. So where we're doing a little bit of, little bit of body work, whether you're doing like an ear massage, um, breathing, things like that, and then adding in something like oils, uh, you know, just to really stack it and take it to the next level, just so powerful. Yeah, and that's, that's actually really my underlying mission and purpose is this idea that when you can kind of get yourself in that parasympathetic safety state, the world looks different. Yeah. You know, sure. like you're, you're able to kind of access your creativity and your higher thinking skills. And a lot of times problems that might seem black and white, you realize, Oh, there, I have lots of options and maybe I, I need more information. And it just, it changes the game and it, it almost kind of puts the control back in your hand. Yeah, for sure. It's kind of like the 30,000 foot view, you know, when you're, you know, head to head with a challenge in your life, it can seem daunting. But you know, when you kind of rise above that and look down at your life, and you start to see all the things around and your challenge, you see it from a different lens. And uh, it gives you great perspective, helps calm you and helps you make better decisions. So yeah, exactly, exactly. I every night before I go to bed, I read to be, go to bed, we talked about that. But I also do this thing where I kind of look at my day backwards. Because if you go backwards, yeah. like the really good things pop out and the really like, oof, cringe moments pop out. And I've noticed that the more I'm able to kind of stay in uh, the parasympathetic branch of the nervous system throughout the day, I have fewer, fewer ouch moments. Like I'm always really you know, problems are going to happen. This is life, but it's not, it's not really about the problem. It's how you respond to it. And yeah. I'm always really proud of how I show up and respond when I'm able to be calmer. Yeah, for sure. We all make better decisions when we're calm and relaxed. So having techniques and strategies to help get you in that state is one of the most priceless things, one of the most valuable things you could really do for your life because it's going to set you up for better decisions all along the way. And I, we can all think back to decisions that we regret, decisions that were rushed, that were made out of emotion rather than logic. And, um, you know, 
And if we can make less of those, uh, we'll yeah. probably be happier. So, yeah. And can I share, there's one, so parasympathetic is one tool, but the other tool, we, we've talked about this before, but just the idea of smelling something through your left nostril. Yeah. Because when you're anxious, um, and you actually do a better job than I do about talking about this, but there's a branch of chiropractic called functional neurology that mm. works with oils yeah. to balance different brain regions. And so it's the right frontal lobe that kind of gets overactive when you're anxious. And so stimulating the left frontal lobe by smelling anything through the left nostril helps balance the hemispheres and calm you down. Mm. Yeah. So great strategy right there. Simple, simple and easy. And so let's talk about in your, in your book, you have different chapters focusing on different areas of the brain and the body. And yeah. one of them is on brain detoxification and the glymphatic system. And this is a really interesting topic. I love, you know, just talking about some new discoveries because the glymphatic system is a, it's really a relatively new discovery. Uh, 20, you know, 2012. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about that. Yeah. So basically, you know, we know that your body is always detoxifying, but your brain, when you're awake, needs to do its job. So it's not really like it can clean house during waking hours. So when you sleep, it's actually been shown to kind of shrink up so that your glial cells, glymph, and your lymphatic cells can team up. And it's it's literally like a car wash. They go through and kind of clean the metabolic waste. If there's any environmental toxins, that gets cleaned out as well. So it's really critical that you're sleeping. Sleep is, I think, actually the most important thing you can do for your health. If you're not sleeping, it's incredibly hard to heal. And yeah. if you have tons of symptoms and sleep is one of them and you fix sleep, a lot of times the other symptoms kind of fall away once that gets sorted. So I really do a deep dive on what might be interfering with your ability to either fall asleep or stay asleep and how you can use oils to help kind of balance that. Like that, that's what I love about chiropractic. You know, your atlas is off and they readjust you and suddenly you're aligned and everything works properly. Mm -hmm. So that's where I really see oils kind of having a nice effect. They can help your body kind of return to factory settings so that everything works properly. Hey, I just want to take a quick moment and tell you about my new book, The Fasting Transformation. I am so excited about this book. It is a functional guide to help you burn fat, heal your body, and transform your life with intermittent and extended fasting. Fasting is the most ancient form of natural medicine. And in this book, I take you on a journey to help you understand how fasting improves your blood sugar and your insulin sensitivity, how it shuts down inflammation in your body, optimizes your hormones, turns on fat burning, and helps activate stem cells and deep cellular healing. Guys, you're gonna learn so much from this book. You can check it out, The Fasting Transformation on Amazon or on our webpage, drjockers.net forward slash fasting transformation. So check that out now. You guys are gonna love the book. And if you have a chance, leave a review on Amazon. Thanks so much. Yeah, for sure. You know, I think, um, you know, one of the classifications of herbs that I really love to talk about is adaptogens because adaptogens are kind of like thermoregulators where, you know, it's like we have a temperature setting in our house. And so if it's cold outside, the heat's going to kick on to get us to the right temperature. If it's hot outside, the air is going to turn on to get us to that, you know, 70 degrees or wherever we want it. 
And so, you know, we can utilize herbs to help with that as well and essential oils as well. So if we're feeling anxious, certain essential oils, they're going to help calm us, you know, but those same essential oils aren't going to overcome you. Like if you are already, you know, if you're feeling fatigued and you smell lavender, it's not like, um, you know, you're all of a sudden going to fall over and, and, and take a nap, you know, um, if you want to take a nap, it will help, but these types of things can actually help bring up your energy as well and uh, help you be able to focus and concentrate. And some are a little bit better in the, in certain categories and others. Right. So, but the cool thing is they're adaptogens. They're going to help bring you, you know, back to that set point of balance. Yeah. And people get very, you know, there's certain definitions that people, um, get persnickety about, but Basically, what, what I love about oils, especially for cortisol, you know, anyone who's ever done kind of the 24-hour saliva test, cortisol is not flatlined. It's supposed to be high in the morning and lower at night. And sometimes those patterns get inverted and messed up. And what's great about oils, you know, if you're trying to take um, a, a remedy, there are some remedies that help give you more cortisol and other remedies that help lower the cortisol. And it's a bit of a guessing game. Like, when do yeah. I need what? But you're never going to go wrong with oils. They help kind of just level you out, balance you, meet you where you're at, which is really, you know, homeostasis. They're basically yeah. helping us return to balance. And that's an interesting thing, actually, with the research, because sometimes they'll test, you know, like this idea that um, oils, you know, monkey with the hormones, they're balancing the hormones. So if someone has low estrogen, yeah they're going to bring the estrogen up. If someone's mm -hmm. estrogen's too high, they're going to bring it down. But if you happen to have an entire population that's low estrogen, you're going to say like, oh, it increases estrogen. Well, that's not really what it's doing. You're just right. you're kind of looking at the wrong numbers and you know, connect, drawing the wrong conclusions. Yeah, that's a really good point. Now, you also have a chapter on improving focus. So what are your top tips for somebody that's feeling distracted, ADHD, you know, which is a growing condition, just not being able to focus and concentrate and get what they need done. Yeah, it's a combination of things. The first thing is kind of feeling grounded and centered because if your energy is scattered all over the place, it's really hard to pay attention. So what's interesting about, um, I did a whole article about kind of the plant part and how that correlates to how it works in the body. So some of the plants with the deep roots in the earth, like vetiver or any of the, you know, really tall trees, what that does for us if we put it on the bottom of our feet is it makes us feel more grounded and centered. And how you might experience that is, you know, when when you're ADD, you know, that that joke of like, ooh, squirrel, ooh, tree, you know, you, you can't focus on anything because you're focusing on everything. So the more you kind of feel connected and solid, that really helps. So there's a great blend that's been tested. It's vetiver, frankincense, cedar wood, and lavender that you can put on the bottom of the feet. And so once they're kind of able to be here now, then the second thing is anything you can do to kind of get them focusing in on the, the forehead, the prefrontal cortex, which is really the focus executive decision branch. Yeah. And so that can be anything you smell, you know, a lot of people, there's a lot of research around citrus blends. Some are more expensive than others. It's like wine, you know, you can get a $300 bottle or a $12 bottle. Um, yeah. And, you know, bergamot and neroli are the ones that have a lot of research. I love orange. It's really affordable and um, smells great. Most kids love it. Yeah. Lemon's great too. It gets um, Sharpie off of anything. It's great for cleaning your house. <laughs> but, you know, just just smelling, you yeah. know, there's a lot of research around um, peppermint and rosemary, which 
are a little hot, which means that like, say you were to put it on your temple, which is another option. It might make the skin a little red. It might make Mm. you feel hot. So you would want to make sure that you blend that with a a carrier oil, another Mm. oil. It could be something in your kitchen, like olive oil or coconut oil, just so it doesn't like turn it red or make it hot. Yeah. What's the typical dosage if you're going to dilute, if you're going to blend with like a carrier oil and you're going to take just like a pure peppermint oil? It's, you know, it's a little bit of personal preference. It's like how much salt do you put on your food, but a safe place to start is to start with, you know, to start, like take a tablespoon of a carrier oil and just do a drop or two and just go up from there. You know, it's kind of like salt. You can always add more if you want to. True. Yeah. Start conservatively and then gradually boost it up. Yeah. So some good tips there for focus. Um, How about just mood and anxiety? Like if someone's feeling depressed, stressed out anxious. What are yeah. some of the best things? You know, there's a ton of research that involves kind of the amygdala and the frontal cortex with anxiety and depression. Um, and this idea, I talk about it, amygdala hijack, you know, when the amygdala kind of the fear center in your brain is overstimulated, it gets in this vicious cycle loop where it's reacting to everything as if it's danger. You know, the example I use is um, you're taking a walk in the woods and you see something and you think it's a snake and you start to kind of panic. And then what's supposed to happen is there's a a second check, you know, your prefrontal cortex looks in and says, oh, that's a stick. You're totally safe. You're good. And then you calm down. Right. But if too much energy and, you know, focuses on the amygdala, every, every stick becomes a snake you know, you're overreacting to everything all the time. And what's also interesting is there's a form of depression that's correlated with underactivity of the frontal cortex. So what I found personally is the more you can move energy from the amygdala to the prefrontal Mm. cortex, the more you get out of anxiety and out of depression. So a super easy way to do that is literally just to, to smell things, you know, and it's like a muscle. Like I used to do marathons, you know, and the first time you do 10 miles, that feels hard. Then suddenly you're doing 16, 10s of breeze, you know, so you can literally train your brain, rewire your own brain to start sending more energy and blood flow to your forehead, your prefrontal cortex, which pulls you out of anxiety and depression. Yeah, that's so good. And, and, you know, you have a section in the book that says stop and smell the roses, right? Which is a common term people will use, right? When you're feeling anxious or depressed and it's like stop and smell the roses, kind of this idea of stopping and just thinking about, you know, what's positive in your life. People will use that connotation, but, you know, you literally can do that. Stop, and smell the roses, right? Get something, you know, um, that has a great fragrance and start smelling it. And that right there can help alleviate the stress, the anxiety, the the depression, you know, just that weight that you're feeling. Well, there's some good research behind that. Um, Actually, my daughter was doing a school project and she had to find a Nobel laureate and she found one that did olfactory research here in Seattle where we live. And what she had done is um, literally kind of identified which of the olfactory receptors were correlated with predator odor and the fear response. And then she looked at what smell cancels that out and it was rose. Mm. So there was actually research to support stop and smell the roses. Smelling rose can totally calm fear. If you put it over your heart, you know, anyone who's suffered grief, it's literally like waves and it just kind of calms the waves and, and makes it more manageable. 
Yeah, that's so good. Now, uh, you know, what's cool about the book too is you go into a lot of neurology. And so for those of you guys out there, you know, most of my listeners, they're into this kind of stuff. They like to learn about anatomy and physiology and you have some great images and really go into a lot of the ideas behind different areas of the brain that may be overactive, just kind of like what we're talking about here. Um, and, and I love that about the book. So you guys got to check that out. Um, now you talk a lot about brain inflammation as well. So you talk about toxins in the brain and brain inflammation. And this is a really important topic because, you know, sometimes it's the environment around us or previous, you know, we've all had trauma in our life and how we've processed that trauma and, you know, things that maybe mimic, or at least our, our, our subconscious takes in as a, a possible threat, you know, to a previous trauma can certainly, uh, you know, trigger anxiety and trigger depression and different issues like that. But Oftentimes, there's also a brain inflammation component and a toxicity component that needs to be addressed as well. So let's talk about that. Yeah. And this is one thing that I, I truly love about your work. I really think that the three underlying, well, if you put sleep in four, you know, if, if you're not sleeping, that's a problem. Yeah. But stress, toxins, and trauma are kind right. of the underlying problems because toxins then trigger the immune response, which triggers inflammation. Yeah. So if you're not, you know, we talked about the cleaning house. And um, one thing that you could probably get into more, the neck is a big bottleneck in the body. You know, mm. that's where lymph gets congested. And yeah. if the lymph is congested, the toxins hang out there, they can get up taken into the vagus nerve and kind of cause a toxic response. So this is one reason chiropractic is so critical because yeah. if your alignment is off, that causes congestion. You know, think of being in the middle seat in the airplane between the linebackers. So oils are great because you can use them along your neck to kind of make sure that once the toxins are mobilized, they actually drain mm down and leave the neck. So that's one component of kind of inflammation is making sure that once the toxins are mobilized, they actually leave the body and don't mm. get reabsorbed, you know, and we talked before we started filming about the gallbladder, you know, they go from the cell, you need to be in the parasympathetic branch of the nervous system for them to re be released yeah. to the lymph, to the blood, to the liver, to the gallbladder, to the gut, to the toilet, and they can get backed up at any point. So that's one thing with oils. But I think what you were alluding to is this idea that um, inflammation in the body has an off switch. Inflammation in the brain does not. Once the right. glial cells are activated, it's very hard to turn them off. And the challenge of actually getting remedies into the brain kind of compounds the problem. Like we know that essential fatty acids are really good for the brain. Well, they actually are able to get through the blood brain barrier. And that's part mm. of the reason that they help. Yeah. CBD oil, same thing. So there's been some interesting research that plant oils, especially frankincense is the one that people tout a lot, can kind of path, uh, travel through the blood-brain barrier and turn off inflammation from within the brain. You still need to get the toxins out so that you know they're not triggering that immune response, but it's just one remedy in helping. And it can also, like the gut barrier, the blood-brain barrier can get compromised. So all these things that are not supposed to pass through are suddenly passing through and making the problem worse. So that can be used to really help seal up, you know, the tight junctions of the blood brain barrier. Yeah, it's so important. You know, we say in a functional medicine, we say leaky gut equals leaky brain, right? Meaning that 
you know, if the gut lining is damaged, your, you know, your brain, blood brain barrier is going to be more permeable as well. And unfortunately, a lot of different toxins can seep in there and, and trigger up inflammation. And you're right, there are certain things that, you know, are harder to get into that blood brain barrier if we're trying to, you know, heal. And uh, there are, are other things that have a good capacity to get in. So, um, so all that's really, really great. Now, how about, you know, you also talk about liver, gallbladder health, right? And uh, we had a, a discussion just before this, how important that is. So let's talk about some things people can do to help improve liver, gallbladder health. Yeah. And what people don't realize is that all of these drainage functions are really happening at night. You do a great job of talking about drainage. Most people do not. And yeah. it's a little bit like they're they're putting people on juice cleanses and ooh, the toxins are dumping out, but it's like yelling fire in the movie theater without opening the exit doors. Like, where are they going? They can't leave the body. It's like, um, you know, trying to get out of the parking lot after the big football game, you know? So one of the really wonderful aspects of oils is, you know, basically helping with fluid movement. Like that's one of their pieces of magic in the plants. So what does that mean? The, you know, fluid moves through the vascular system, the lymph, and it gets congested. So it's helping to open it so that mm -hmm. there's more space, you know, you're driving on the freeway, three of the lanes are under construction. If you, if there's only one lane, it's gonna go really slowly. And then you pass the construction, everything opens up and you can kind of get up to 60 miles an hour. Um, so what that means in the body is certain oils like um, mint is really expansive. But what's cool about blends is you can combine, just like you combine clove and lime, you can combine mint, which is expansive with something like vetiver that kind of pulls in the downward direction. So now it's like helping to shepherd the toxins out of the body. You know, if you've ever tried to shepherd your kids out of the playground, it's like, nope, we're not going back to the suite. You know, yeah. it, it, we're moving, we're moving. And that's what oils can really do. And then for the liver, oh, our poor liver gets so overwhelmed, you know, and there are certain oils that help boost its vitality. Castor oil is really good for anti-inflammation. Yeah. So you can use castor oil as your carrier oil for the liver. Yeah, a lot of times I'll have people make a castor oil pack and just kind of put it right over their liver and sleep with that at night. Exactly. That's, that is the best thing you can do. And talking about layering, you can put oils on top of that, or you can even get into an Epsom salt bath before bed. That's one more layer. The gallbladder is like the most overlooked, underappreciated organ ever. And it plays such an important role in detoxification because it not only helps emulsify fats, which can be precursors, you know, for all of these important activities that are happening in the body, but it's, you know, the liver kind of processes the toxins and then it dumps them into the bile, which then carry goes through the duct to the gallbladder and then goes into the gut where it's hopefully not reabsorbed and gets carried out of the body. And the gallbladder, especially for women, you know, who've had children and had estrogen and had stress, that it can start to not work as well. The bile, you know, is supposed to kind of flow freely. It can get really viscous. And there are oils, especially there's a lot of research on a black human to kind of help to decongest things, keep things flowing, you know, make sure that you can keep your gallbladder as opposed to lose it. There, there are a lot of interventions, but when you start supporting your gallbladder, it's like everything else works better. Mm, yeah, that's so good. So gallbladder is so critical. You know, I talk a lot about it with fat digestion, just being able to have good thin bile that, uh, you know, it's going to be able to emulsify the fat. It's also an anti-sterilizing or I'm sorry, it's a sterilizing agent in the, in the, uh, small intestine. So yes, 
We protect against pathogens through stomach acid, but there are certain pathogens that come in from the food that we eat. Um, and all food, even if it's freshly cooked, is going to have bacteria and different microbes on it. So it, there are certain microbes that can survive that stomach acid. And, and so then the bile is kind of the backup there, creates a real alkaline environment, and it helps sterilize. And so when we see things like small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, where we've got all these bacteria that should be in a large intestine where the environment is really ripe for them, but they're in the small intestine, which shouldn't be a real hospitable environment for them. And yet they're still there and they're eating food and creating gas and, and um, poor, uh, poor absorption, poor nutrient absorption and things like that. You know, that's a sign that we're not doing a good job on the front end, right? Sterilizing well in the stomach acid and also the bile. And so we really need to address that better. So yeah, real critical stuff. Now, well, that's um, yeah. being in parasympathetic helps with bile flow. And what most people don't realize is that constipation, headaches, motion sickness, pain between the shoulder blades, those mm. are all direct symptoms that your gallbladder needs support. And no one even knows what yeah. to be looking for, you know? Yeah. No, They're just popping so Advil when they can be supporting their gallbladder. Right. Actually causing more problems with their gallbladder with that. So let's, you mentioned sleep earlier. So what are some of the best things to help improve sleep? Somebody's having trouble falling asleep. Let's talk about that. And then also maybe waking up in the middle of the night and then having trouble getting back to sleep. Yeah, I kind of identified four underlying issues that are common sleep disruptors. And it's interesting because a lot of people say like, oh, lavender for sleep. It's not a panacea. I mean, it, it can yeah. be relaxing. I find it to be the most effective if you use it in an Epsom salt bath, you know, two cups of Epsom salt, one cup of baking soda, and then use your bathtub as a mixing bowl. Do like three yeah. drops of lavender in the tub, mix it in before you add the water. And the combination of, you know, the skin's the largest organ, the Epsom salt is magnesium, it opens the pores with the heat, it gets it into, it's kind of a full body relaxing experience. Yeah. So if lavender is your go-to for sleep, try it that way. Um, but what happens is, so the pineal gland is supposed to release sleep or melatonin, the sleep yeah. hormone in response to darkness. But what can happen is a, a couple things, either your um, cortisol levels, which is the stress hormone can be too high at night and throw off melatonin levels, or the pineal gland actually within the brain is the, the um, it kind of sits below the blood brain barrier and it has the second highest blood flow after the kidneys. So it gets exposed to a lot of environmental toxins, you know, the fluoride in your water, the aluminum, the glyphosate, and they all kind of work together. Uh, Stephanie Seneff talks about that perfect yeah. storm and that can kind of, um, damage the pineal gland. It kind of puts a calcium shell over it. And so oils uh, can be used. What oils really do, their magic is that they move stagnation. So it's not that, you know, chelating is a very specific word, but they're chelation-like, meaning that they kind of unpack the toxins and help to clear away debris. So um, the best topical application point for any kind of topical melatonin remedy is really right on the skin above the ears. It's really thin and the pineal gland is in the exact center of the brain. So it's kind of level mm. with the eyes. I don't tell people to put things on their face before they go to bed because yeah. if they're messy sleepers. Right back, right over the ear. Exactly. 
right exactly yeah. you know and if you want to kind of supercharge it you can also put it on the top of the head right. and the back of the head but that's a great way i share all the recipes in the book but just to get the oil kind of in there to help modulate you know balance the pineal gland the pineal gland can then release melatonin it makes falling asleep easier if you're waking up in the middle of the night, that could be a number of things. If you're waking up around 1 a.m. and you're wide awake and could go clean your kitchen, that's often related to blood sugar. So your blood sugar dips too low, your adrenal glands release emergency energy, either adrenaline or cortisol, and you are adrenalized because there's all this sugar in your blood. So anything you can do to help your pancreas release insulin, which then carries the sugar out of the blood and back into the cells, that will expedite your ability to fall back asleep. So rose geranium is the best one. You can leave it on your nightstand and smell it. You can put a drop on a cotton ball and put it in your pillow. You can rub it over your pancreas either before sleep or when you wake up in the middle of the night. If you're waking up at 3 a.m. and you're groggy and maybe you use the bathroom, that is liver gallbladder. That's when your liver and gallbladder are the most active. And so castor oil before bed, uh, helichrysum and white grapefruit are great for the liver. Black hummin and uh, Roman chamomile are great for the gallbladder. Anything you can do to kind of um, give those organs extra energy so that binders before bed um, away from supplements, it really just helps um, them work better so that they don't wake you up. Yeah, for sure. And you know what I've also found is that sometimes parasites as well become very active at night. Yeah. So usually a test I'll do is if somebody's waking up just continuously throughout the month, um, then it's usually a blood sugar issue like you were talking about, or possibly liver gallbladder. And then if it's more active around the full moon, parasites become more active around the full moon. And uh, they actually release serotonin. They actually, uh, your body releases less melatonin around the full moon. And then the serotonin that your body's producing actually activates more of the parasite activity. So they come alive more during that full moon period. So if you're just noticing it, like during that period of the month, then it uh, could be a parasite issue too. So what do you, what do you like for parasites? Do you do mimosa pudica or? Yeah, exactly. So mimosa pudica is good. Um, you know, herbal blends with like clove and neem uh, tend to work really good. Um, black walnut, um, what else? Sweet wormwood, you know, all those types of uh, herbs can work really, really good. Garlic. So, yeah, they can work good. And sometimes you need to rotate them depending on, you know, what somebody's dealing with there. Yeah. Now, what's interesting is you've, you've mentioned a lot of different essential oil blends, and you've actually put together a lot of customized blends with your vibrant blue oils. Um, what are the different types of oil? Like, what are the different blends that you have uh, in your in your you know collection there with vibrant blue oils? Because I know you've kind of labeled them based on obviously specific goals like parasympathetic liver blend stuff. Yeah. Like so a lot of a lot of companies they just have the straight oil like you know the, like peppermint um, yeah. you know, straight oils whereas you've created these blends and labeled them specifically to major regions of the body which i think is really helpful for the the customer yeah what i you know i kind of tripped into oils by accident and realized how well they worked and started with blends 
And then when I went back and looked at what other people were doing, I realized, oh, they're just selling peppermint and lavender. And I, I don't believe in reinventing the wheel. If someone's doing something great, like let them keep doing it. But I realized no one was kind of blending that way. And the way they were telling people to blend made it feel really complicated and overwhelming. So um, in the book, you know, there, there are a lot of people that uh, are great with oils. They have tons of oils. I give all the recipes. If you're already comfortable with blending, fantastic. Here, here are new recipes you can play with. If that's, you know, a lot of the people that find me are chronically ill and they've wasted a lot of, or spent a lot of money, time and energy on things and kind of don't want to do it wrong. So I've done yeah. it for them. And what I've really tried to do is, you know, give very specific formulations that help balance different organ systems and very specific um, application points to make sure that they kind of get right to the organ system. Uh, so that's, you know, I have body blends that are like adrenal, liver, gallbladder, pancreas. Um, and then I also have brain supporting blends. Like one of the big issues, you know, I really try to address the underlying root issue, but mold is a big challenge because yeah. it takes a very, very long time to unpack mold. You have to kind of remediate the house and then you have to work on your sinuses for a very long time. So there's one oil, blue, pan, blue tansy, that's kind of outrageously expensive, but I have a blend called histamine balance that mm. kind of provides that relief immediately. You know, everyone knows like antihistamines, Benadryl, we yep. know it works, but you don't really want to antihistamine. You want to yeah. histamine balance and right. kind of modulate it because histamine is not only for the sinuses and allergy symptoms, it works in the brain, it works in the gut. So yeah. I have- acid triggers a production of stomach acid. So antihistamines, taking them actually reduces your stomach acid and increases your risk of dysbiosis and other gut issues. Exactly, exactly. So anyway, I've kind of categorized them by brain blends, um, body blends, and then uh, emotions. I, I don't really go into that in this book. It's a little uh, less scientific and more out there, but um, one of the interesting things you'll you'll notice when you start to get into a detox, you know, people get angry, right? Because yep. the liver and gallbladder house anger. Emotions have the word motion in them. You're designed to kind of work through yeah. them. But yep. most of us don't know what to do. So we just stuff it, you know, we, we scarlet O'Hara tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. But um, oils are kind of a nice way, especially you can kind of breathe in the oil and breathe out the emotion. They just help you, you know, it's like sometimes with your kids, you're doing things. They don't know you're helping them and doing things, but they don't need to know it's beneficial. Oils can really kind of help you process and let go mm -hmm. of a lot of the emotional garbage. So I have um, a line for that. And then just symptom or support, you know, if you're, um, it's, if it's that time of the month and you're having, you know, cramps and things like that, I have a PMS blend. Right. If, you know, you're an athlete and you hurt your elbow, I've got a really good nerve repair blend. My kids use that every week, you know, yeah, yeah. that kind of stuff. So I just, I tried to make it really user-friendly and accessible. Yeah, I think it's so helpful uh, what you've done there. And uh, these are the essential oils that I use. I get a lot of questions from people. What essential oils do I use? And I've tried a lot of different brands and there are good brands out there, but I really like Jody's. She's done a great job putting these together. And I would definitely recommend guys checking out her book. If you want to learn more about your brain, how your brain works, what's driving different emotions, um, different regions, of the organs. You know, I, I think if you like the content you get on my website, you'll love her book because she goes in a lot of detail. She's got a lot of great infographics. 
And, uh, you know, I don't really talk much about essential oils on my website. So if you want to learn how to use essential oils to impact these organ regions, definitely check out her book, guys, Essential Oils to Boost the Brain and Heal the Body. And we've got a link in the show notes. So Jody, it's been a great interview. Thanks so much for your time. And guys, we'll see you on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody. Well, that's all for this show. And I want to thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you want to dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.